Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Everything is Black and White podcast, our first podcast of 2018. Joining me today I've got Mark Douglas and Chris Woff. Um, we'll start off by talking about the Christmas period, obviously quite successful for Newcastle really, it was a big, big run of games coming up considering the run they had prior to that, 7 points from 12, it's a decent enough return isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's been a really odd Christmas period because um, after the West Ham game, um, which, was, which was a brilliant win for Newcastle, you kind of thought... Uh, can they keep, maintain the momentum? That you know they, they've got a free hit against Man City. They can have a go defensively. That 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 was a strange game tactically. You know, so much debate over that as well. So you had a kind of weird feeling come off the back of the Man City game because you felt that although it sort of justified it, it was a bit. It didn't feel quite like something to be proud of necessarily, even though you understood it. Brighton at home was dreadful, and it felt like oh, you know, Newcastle are going to face a long a long 2018 then they go win yesterday and suddenly the, the, the it's a very different feeling so I think you kind of have to accept that really there was so really strong feelings about every game that maybe weren't maybe weren't didn't quite just weren't quite accurate about how the whole period went so if you take away and look objectively and say seven points from 12 games given the run that had gone before it's been a terrific Christmas and probably better than better than you would have expected if you did asked me before Christmas, would you take seven from twelve? I'd have said that is a terrific return, especially considering now thirteenth in the league, five points above the relegation zone. Although West Ham are to play, West Ham are still to play, but they're playing West Brom. Yeah. So one of those teams, yeah, either, teams either there's lose, a draw yeah. or one of the teams get knocked down as well. Um, it's been a ter- absolutely brilliant Christmas um, for Newcastle. The only thing that's gone against them was the fact that the other teams picked up points on Saturday. But you know, not all of it can go can go right. But yeah, a brilliant Christmas, really, absolutely fantastic. And fair credit to to Rafa because I think he got everything about the way that the team was loaded. So some players coming in, some players going out. He got it all correct. Um, Saturday was rubbish, but let's forget about that uh, and just think that the whole thing has just worked really well for Newcastle. As Mark mentioned there, Chris, there's quite a contrast in the games there. You know, West Ham away it was a devastating counter-attacking performance. Man City was a complete opposite. You know, they, they, they sat men behind the ball. They played deep. Brighton, as you say, wasn't wasn't great. But again, yesterday on the counter attack, they were really threatening. They did, and it's a strange one because at the start of the season, if you'd have said to me, "Where do I think Newcastle will get the majority of the points from?" I would have said St James's Park. Yeah. They haven't won there since October. It's now three wins at home, three wins away, back to back Premier League away victories, which is the first time they've done that since November 2014. And really, they are looking effective against teams in and around them, at least, away from home. Particularly those teams who, I think, lack a bit of discipline. When they've gone to Huddersfield and Brighton, they've struggled because those teams basically mirror what Newcastle tried yeah. to do. Whereas West West Ham and Stoke, you could see in both games, they felt the need to have a go at Newcastle and to really press them from the ops. There was gaps everywhere. And that really suited Newcastle because they've got the strong defensive unit, particularly with Jamal Lascelles back in the team. I know we're going to get on them later. Uh, but Kieran Clark played very well yesterday. One awful miss aside, 
um, which was a contender for Miss of 2018, I think. And in general, the ploy that Rafa went for worked to a T at West Ham. You had a depleted team, but he, he put pace into it. Natsu in the second half was was devastating. Yesterday, first 20 minutes, he was he was brilliant, Christian Natsu, yeah. and accept his finishing. And he really stretched a, a poor and very slow Stoke defence. I mean, Kurt Zuma looks like he's going backwards at the moment there. Really, really has struggled. And uh, Perez fully justified his position up front. Not there wasn't a recognised striker in terms of out and out forward, but but they took the game to Stoke. Eventually got the winner, deserved look that to hold on at the end. But they got through what was a cliched, stereotypical day in Stoke because the second half it absolutely bucketed it down and the wind was swirling. But really thoroughly deserved it, and and it looks positive going forward. Their record against teams in the round them was very good. And uh, what I th- what really called me yesterday was after the game I was sitting with, with Simon Bird the, the Mirror North East Sports reporter and he, he turned and after Mark Hughes had stormed out of his press conference and said for once it's nice to cover a crisis club that's not Newcastle and that's what exa- exactly what it feels like and yesterday served as a timely reminder that look Newcastle are going to have bumps and scrapes throughout the rest of the season as well but just about every single team in the bottom half is going to as well it, it, it's much of a muchness, muchness down there and thankfully the last few weeks have been positive for Newcastle it's, it's what's interesting as well it's like I think one of the main things during the losing run was you got a lot of people um, and I know we've, we mentioned it before social media isn't, isn't always the best barometer for uh, how fans are feeling but you got a lot of people saying oh Rafa tactically you know why doesn't he just keep maintain the same team maintain the same tactics but you know, and he is restless tactically. He does change things a lot. But I think I, th- I would hope that Christmas kind of ends these arguments that where you hear people say that, like, oh, what are the tactics? What are the tactics? Tactically, he's been absolutely spot on throughout Christmas, and I think probably even extending back to Arsenal when um, they weren't far away from getting some getting something there as well. I mean, we we take, talk about Brighton, and look, Brighton was was poor, but we were mentioning it earlier in the. Uh, earlier today just in the office that actually I think probably Brighton okay they didn't go for it but I think probably what he'd learned from the Bournemouth game where they did were a little bit open at the end conceded the goal lost that game which was a massive blow for them because they gave they gave Bournemouth sorry three points as well he just didn't want to give Brighton those three points so they were a little bit more contained Um, and I think like you said the message is you know like a lot of Newcastle fans they kind of they kind of say in Rafa we trust and they get some stick from other fans of that I, I see a lot of other fans going oh, I don't get the Rafa thing in Rafa we trust has kind of been this message all this season even through the thick and thin and, and it's really nice I think yesterday to see Newcastle fans getting their reward for that yeah. because they've backed Rafa because they believe in him they've lost nine games or lost eight out of nine but this is why you back him because he's a terrific manager tactically the best Newcastle have had since Sir Bobby Robson um, maybe even you know as, as good as anybody they've ever had tactically uh, because he just sees the little gaps he knows the right things to do and doesn't always come off because of course it doesn't because if it did then he'd be um, you know he'd probably be at the, some of the best clubs in the world but I, I just think tactically you've got to give him credit we can debate it and we can talk about it and of course he gets it wrong sometimes and I understand why people you know are mad after games and want to debate the tactics and stuff but hey look he gets it right that's why he, that's why nobody's calling for him to go when they, they lose eight games out of nine because he gets it right. He gets it right. How many times have we been in this situation before where we've said, 
oh, you know, well, it's like Gouffron played up front against Brighton, didn't it? Everybody was going mad before the game. How did he play up front against Brighton and went in the Championship season? And they won that game yesterday at Superes up front to win the game. Simple as he saw something in in Stoke yesterday, and it and it paid off, didn't it? That's it. When you, <clears throat> it was interesting last week when you hear Benitez speak. You know, he he, he talks about analysing his opponents he goes back through four or five games in the past this team set up this way this team set up this way this is why I've set up my team up that way and when you actually look at the stats yes he had a bit of a bad run but the top 10 teams in the games they've played against each other Newcastle are actually top of that table they're, they're four points clear of I think it's Southampton's got the next best record it's massively important that Newcastle have Benitez in that position isn't it to have those grudge games we saw last season against Brighton um, Huddersfield, yeah, exactly. The, the, some massive games, and you know, he sets his team up, and Newcastle are winning the games that matter most, aren't they? They really are, and it's it's a case of it's very very tight down there, and, and Newcastle. I've just done a piece today where twenty one of Newcastle's twenty two points have come against teams yeah. in the bottom half. The only point they've taken from anyone in the top half was was against Liverpool. Twenty of their twenty one points have come against teams who are now below them, seeing as they leapfrogged them yesterday. They've only beaten four teams all season, but they've done the double over both West Ham and Stoke they can do the double over Swansea next weekend and they've also beaten who was the other game? Crystal, Palace. Crystal Palace is the other team <clears throat> they've beaten so those crunch games you are getting right look Saturday they didn't they didn't win and it would have been that would have made an absolutely perfect Christmas if they had got the victory over Brighton but as Mark said it was crucial they didn't lose it because there's been a couple of occasions Huddersfield away Brighton away and also Bournemouth at home where they have let those games slip but all of them have been on a coin flip they haven't lost heavily to any team mm. in the bottom half even when they've lost games it's been in games where they've really really been in them and what's been encouraging over the last six weeks well not six weeks over three four weeks is that the defence has really tightened up Jamal Lascelles has played a big role in that but also in general it seems Newcastle are starting to revert to what we saw in the first half dozen eight games of the season where it's a solid back four uh, or, or back three, whatever whatever he's playing, and they are defending from the back, and games are going to be won or lost yeah. by by the odd goal. And I think that if they can keep that defensive solidity going, they should be all right. Well, that's it. You mentioned Jamal Lascelles there; he's come back in the team, and there has been a marked difference in Newcastle defensively. As much as Saturday was bad, they never really looked like conceding a goal. Mm. Did they? And, you know, the cells coming back in the team, that defensive facility can be so important, can't it? And the, when it comes down to the, at the end of the season and goal difference. And yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I mean, you know, look, I, I think, I think the thing we all we all sort of felt was was going wrong in that eight in that nine game period was just Newcastle were just conceding. There, there were it wasn't necessarily look you expect them to concede goals against good teams. You know, it, it, it's going to happen. But they got the kind of goals they were conceding were like sloppy goals, really. You know, I mean, it's Bournemouth when the cells went off. They concede from a set piece, you know. That that's the kind of thing that, that they just have to eradicate. I mean, they're not they're not as good as the teams in the top six, seven, you know. So they are going to concede goals against them. But I think what they've they've done is they've just con- they've just maybe got rid of some of the sloppy errors that they were making. You know, that, that that's what's not happened really so much in the last few games. I mean, West Ham was a little bit of a crazy balmy one. Um, but you know, Arsenal they, they they go there and they're like they lose one 0 You know. It, you feel like with this team against Everton, it, you know it was a it, again it was very very close. But you, you just have a feeling with Newcastle as if if they can manage to cut out those errors, which they've done in the last few games, which was the main thing that Rafa was kind of saying that they are going to have a chance in all of these games. And 
I think the one thing that I've been really kind of like impressed with, and I know there was a lot of debate about the the atmosphere on Saturday and whether it was a bit flat and stuff, but I think that the fans have stuck with this team because this team are giving it everything, and and that is that is the main thing. And, and you've got this defence that are just putting everything bodies on the line. You know, again yesterday, the the way they're defending is like it's it's kind of the effort that's going into these games. The effort that's going into these is is keeping everybody with this team, despite the fact that there is a little discontent about what's going on off the pitch, and you know, and, and whether Newcastle are going to get money and stuff. And I think, like you said, Lascelles typifies that for me. You've got another player in there, I think Jacob Murphy, who um, is a great example of how Newcastle are getting better because he's getting better. But Lascelles started the season well and is continuing it well because he's a player who puts everything into it. And, and that is why Newcastle fans love him because he's, you know, there's so many players actually I think are giving everything. Uh, but Lascelles is the one at the moment because he's got quality as well. You can see him getting better. I think he can get better. I think he could be one of the best defenders in England um, if he continues this trajectory, you know. They used to say about him, I used to speak to scouts and uh, people at other football clubs and they said, yeah, he's a good player, but there's a rick in him, there's a mistake in him. I haven't seen him make a mistake all season yet. No. Fair play. And to, to pick up on Mark's point about, about the team and giving everything, we were talking again earlier today and I was I was mentioning about Jordan and Shaqiri yesterday for Stoke. And now they look like a team like Newcastle were two years ago where they have, in theory, some stardust sprinkled in there. But the players certainly aren't, they certainly aren't playing for Mark Hughes, not from what I saw yesterday. And Jordan Shaqiri, I have to be honest, was a complete disgrace at times. There was a there was one point where the ball was was played long forward to him. And he was he was about twenty he was about twenty yards from a bounced Yedlin and uh, not yet. The Mankio started fifteen yards behind him and, and beat him to the ball. And mm. Shaqiri didn't even move. And according to one fan on on six or six yesterday on five live, there was a one point where Mark Hughes was was asked by one fan standing behind him whether Jean Shaqiri was, was meant to be playing right back. To which Mark Hughes responded with well he isn't listening to me you're going to have to tell him and that that sounds to me like the dressing room mm-hmm. some of the dressing room uh, a couple of years ago there isn't that with Newcastle this year look there's been a few phones out behind the scenes but that's exactly what happens in a team that's mm-hmm. losing and that's what you need to a certain extent you need those strong voices led by Jamal Lascelles but efforts being given every game and they may lack quality in certain areas but they're certainly not lacking in effort and heart You ask, you, I mean you mentioned who are the players this season you know like I think the season they got relegated, there was a lot of kind of, there was a lot of real spite felt in the crowd. I think towards the likes of Sissoko, Vinealdum, even Yanma, players like that, because you, because there was this real sort of sense of, and you know, you saw Sissoko comes back, gets booed, Yanma gets booed. I mean, Vinealdum was kind of ignored a little bit, really, but there was there was a real sense of frustration by the fans towards players who they felt could have done more. Okay, this season, I don't think. People are like, you know, there's been a lot of stick given towards the army. I think people have criticised Richie a little bit and stuff. But it's never really been like, you know, this kind of sense of real hatred or, or spite or anything. And do you know what? The army, the last two games, I think has been excellent. He was brilliant. Actually, I thought he was excellent. Yesterday. And on Saturday, I was, I remember turning to you, Chris, and saying, this game needs the army. Yeah. And we were kind of sitting there thinking, what's going on? Because he keeps plugging away. Mm. Same with Richie, you know, look. Richie hasn't had his most glorious three or four weeks as a Newcastle player, but he's trying so hard. You can see it in him. And it's the same with the army. These players are giving everything. And as long as they continue to do that, the fans will stay with them and everybody will stay with them. And you feel it's probably going to be... Look, if the team weren't trying and the team had given up, they'd be on 15, 16 points. As it is, they're on 22. And I think a lot of that is games like yesterday where, you know, 
they could have felt sorry for themselves after Saturday and they didn't and from top to bottom they, they haven't felt sorry for themselves all season and it's why a lot of these takes about Rafa that I saw Simon Jordan who you know is an idiot but Simon Jordan saying oh Rafa preaches unity but he's the one it, no 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 look the fans are unified the players are unified behind Rafa when you hear this nonsense about Rafa's oh the players must hate playing for him because he keeps saying they need better and stuff complete and utter misinterpretation of what's going on at Newcastle he's fighting to try and get reinforcements because he feels that those players need help not because he doesn't think they're good enough you know he keeps playing them keeps going back to the army keeps going back to you know they're all still here there's maybe only Mitrovic whose head is gone um, because you know he doesn't feel he's getting the chance but most of the others are, are, are completely with the manager completely with the team completely with the club and the fans are as well um and that will be the case even if they lose to Swansea and uh, Man City in the next two games. You know, it, that's not going to change all season. Even if they go down, we won't be able to sit and write these long pieces as we did last time about a toxic dressing room. It's not a toxic dressing room at Newcastle United. It's just not got that little bit of quality that maybe they need to be ninth, tenth this season. January's here. Let's hope. They, let's hope that changes. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important point as well, isn't it? Like you, you talk about <clears throat> the lack of quality, but he has often talks about you know again we have what we have, we need to get the most out of what we have. Yesterday is probably the best example of that. You know, the three best players in the pitch arguably were Jacob Murphy, Modi Army, and Iosi Perez. You know, three players who have come under criticism at times this season. How impressive is it to see those players kind of coming to the fore and coming up big, big, coming up big for Newcastle? It is impressive. I mean, speaking to. Perez after the game yesterday one of the things he said was first and foremost was just that he was pleased to be back in the team and that he's fought to get back in the team and that, that's what has been created because he started the season playing eight or nine games in a row and there was a lot of criticism about from fans about what role he was playing playing that number 10 position um, and it, the, the one issue with Perez is you're never quite sure what is his best position is he a number 10 is he a forward is he a left-sided forward but yesterday he played it very well. He always worked extremely hard when he's involved, and he took the opportunity when it came because he didn't really have another chance apart from that. Most of the chances early on felt that to. Jacob Murphy has come out and said he's, he's a confidence player. And he now he felt a bit of a burden when he first came in, but he's really grown into it. And he, you can see, look, he's still raw and there's still a lot of improvement to go. But you can see that the component parts are there. It was an excellent ball in for, for Perez, and he did cause problems and stretch defence. It was a couple of times in the first half he got the ball across. And more Diarmi, yeah, over the, over the last couple of weeks, I think that, I mean, at West Ham, he, he performed really well in that makeshift midfield with Henri Savi. And, and yesterday, when he gets the ball, technically, he, he, is, he certainly isn't, isn't proficient. And, and you do worry. I mean, that was the, the one issue I had against Man City. I thought he worked extremely hard, but there's a few times he got the ball and then conceded possession. But yesterday, he was just destructive in the middle, and that, that really unsettled Charlie Adam and, and the rest of the, of the Stoke midfield. And you can see what Rafa, what role Rafa wants from him, and you can see why Rafa still keeps saying, look, mm. we are getting performances from Diarmi. He, he isn't the prettiest on the eye by any stretch, but he gives a bit of bulk, which is what Newcastle lack. And those three players, yeah, did come to the fore, and it, it's shown that as thin as Newcastle squad may seem... Benitez has had to utilise it over the last couple of weeks and some fringe players have really come to the fore and excelled during that time. There's a real culture, a culture that was built in the Championship, I think, at Newcastle of, look, wait your turn, you know you're not necessarily going to play every week, wait your turn, keep working hard, train every day like you're going to, you know, like it's a game and all that kind of stuff that Rafa instilled in the players last season is still there, you can see it. I mean, Iosi Perez, for me, I know you've gotten a lot of criticism at the start of the season. Look, in a in a Newcastle United that has a few more quality players, I think 
Perez would find the role that I think he, he needs at Newcastle, which is probably to be a guy who comes in and comes out of the squad. He's, he's not a, probably in a Newcastle United team that's tilting for top seven. He's probably not a, a regular starter, but I think he's he's a good player. You know, he's not somebody that you would say hasn't got anything about him because he, he clearly has. He's shown in spells that he has got Premier League quality. And, um, you know, what I think is great about players like him is that they're almost like they've got this resilience, this resolve that has been built up over the last two years that they, they can bounce back a little bit. And, you know, one of the big problems with Pardew and um, McLaren and Carver and those reigns and, and those times was Newcastle lost 3-4-0 a lot in the Premier League and they looked like a team that, you know, could could get rolled over when they went one behind. And the, whatever you say about this season, and it hasn't always been pretty and it, and it has been a bit grim at times, um, but they're not. They don't look like that's going to happen to them, and and that's due to the, the kind of attitude and mentality that Rafa's put in players like Perez, Diarmi, uh, even Savé comes in, plays really well in that one game. I, I think you know there's a lot to be said for that culture, and and you wouldn't want to throw that away, even if the takeover happens and better players come in. Um, you wouldn't want to throw that away because that is that's so important to football clubs. Brighton have it, Huddersfield have it, Newcastle have it. The teams that are going to try and get out of this, I think, are going to have to have that mentality. And that's why I think Stoke could be in trouble and Swansea, to an extent, are in trouble because they don't have that resolve. They don't have the resolve that Newcastle have. Um, and, uh, you know, look, in three or four weeks' time, we might be talking about the very still big problems at Newcastle. Don't get me wrong. Big problems off the field. Big issues that need to be solved at Newcastle United. But there are some good things as well. And um, the last, the Christmas period is has kind of shown the work, I think the really hard work that's gone in, that was going in in the nine games without a win, they were still working really hard on these things. And, you know, it's nice. And, and as objective football reporters, even if we were all Newcastle, or even if we were all Newcastle to do well, it's actually nice to see good, honest, intelligent work on the training ground and from the manager working and coming off because you feel like, you know, sometimes... There's this kind of groundswell of fans who, and it's no, you know, our readers are fantastic and I think everybody understands, but it's very easy to get frustrated and annoyed when the team aren't winning, and especially when they're playing like they did against Saturday. But you just have to hold your ground. Don't get too carried away this season because, you know, it, it is going to get bad again, I'm sure, at some yeah, point. it will do. It will. It will. We have to accept that. Um, but you just hold your ground. It, you know, this is a club and a team that under Rafa Benitez is going to give it their all and I think probably will stay up just. I just want to mention another player who I think deserves some praise for how he's reacting the last couple of games and that, that's Carl Darlow. Look, <clears throat> I still think that there's, there's issues there. I still think that there's trust issues between in terms of what Benitez expects from his goalkeeper and he's, ne- he's still never the most convincing from crosses and whatnot but to have shown the character that he has first of all early in the season when he could have got it, it was clo- he was close to going to Middlesbrough it didn't happen he found himself second choice, came in, was dropped after four games for making a couple of mistakes, came in on Saturday, made a couple of very good saves mm-hmm. then. Then yesterday, with the wind howling, with the rain thundering down, and you had Peter Crouch and whatever, Stoke could throw at him, and he made three fantastic saves in the second half, two of which really were world-class. One from Chippewa Morton, which he tipped over, and another one from... Uh, late on from Juf the second of which he threw across, himself across the line and I think for him to have, to have shown that character and come back and is, is very impressive for someone who received a lot of criticism did make mistakes but he has come in and really did, has earned Newcastle f- 
he's played a large part in getting the four points I've got over the last few days. Yeah, it's interesting. I think this team might actually go down as being one that Newcastle fans not necessarily look back as like a classic Newcastle team, but I think there'll be a lot of these players will you know Newcastle fans will appreciate what they what they're doing and what they've done for the club because. Traditionally, they may not be considered Newcastle players in that they probably haven't got the same quality as some of the names that Newcastle fans have seen down the years. But, you know, you just can't knock Carl Darlow for, for how he's come back from. You know, look, against Everton, he was at fault for the goal, cost them three points. He's won them three points yesterday. Um, and, you know, that says so much for, for a guy's mentality. And I think that's just, that's a culture that there is within, there is within this dressing room. Um, and it's going to win them points, I think, this season. And you know, like you said, there's there's, a, there's, there's stories like that all through the team, isn't there? Really, Mankio coming in. Look, I don't think Mankio in a Newcastle team again that's tilting for top seven. He's probably nowhere near signing for a team like Newcastle. But I tell you, like fair play, he's, you know, he's doing his job when he needs to do it, and that's and that that's all you can ask. Um, same like that all the way around. Paul Dummett, I thought, came in in the last two games has done really well. Another player who's got a lot of criticism. Um, Clark, you know, it's all these kind of players. They're all, they're all doing it. And that's what I think has been nice to see in the last couple of games. The fans have stuck with them. You know, Chris was up there yesterday. I, you know, that, that away end at Stoke is, you know, as positive, as uplifting, as unified as you're going to see. Same at Arsenal. Same at, um, you know, all the games at West Ham. You know these these are these it matters. It Stoke matters. makes a big difference as well because it, for anyone who's been to the ground, the away end is where the tunnels in the corner yeah. and the away end's right next to it, and the, the players are applauded on the pitch. Rafa received a great reception mm. before the game. Then at half time, they all applauded off. Obviously, the, the goal was at that end, so they were celebrating. And then, and then yeah. at the end, the scenes where Rafa was standing in front of the fans and all the players were, and, the, and there was a mutual acknowledgement and respect there. And it, it does make a difference. It's cliche to me, but particularly in a ground yeah. like Stoke, it does make a difference. Because Stoke was where the crowd probably turned on Pardew, Pardew yeah. Yeah. in that run. Allardyce. Um, Allardyce. Um, and then again with Pardew in the early part of the season where they ended up finishing kind of mid-table um, in sopping wet conditions, wasn't it, on a Monday night? Um, and it was Pardew, the, the crowd. You know, it's, it's, I think at Stoke, it's the kind of ground you go to where, um, look, it's a, Newcastle away fans, I think, are an educated football away fans in that, like, they, you know, they, it takes a lot for Newcastle United fans to turn, away, the, the away fans to turn. It's different at home because it's 50,000 and you get, it's a lot, it's a different dynamic at St James's Park. But away from home, you very rarely see Newcastle fans turn. But Stoke is one of those because it's an open end, yeah. you know. Um, and I just think that you've, I just think you, you can tell everybody, especially in that away end, understands what's going on at Newcastle United this at the moment, and understands how important it is to be on the side of the be on the side of the players. I don't think I've heard there was a few boos at the end on Saturday because the game was awful. But I've not really heard any negativity for me at home this season, really. And away from home, they've just been absolutely 100% behind the team. Like, the fans are playing their part. You know, you, you, you let Newcastle fans buy into what's going on. And this was the message that we were trying to say before Rafa came in. And Rafa has understood is if you let Newcastle fans buy into what's going on and they see something that they. It, it's so positive for the football club. You know, people want the team to do well. It's not a case of working against the team or wanting to protest um, and you just hope that either the current regime or whoever buys the club in the new year and I think the club probably will be bought in 2018 
they tap into that and understand how important that is um, because it's been the main thing, I think the main positive of 2017 because it was a, not a great year really for Newcastle despite promotion. It was a year full of frustration and division in, in, in a lot of ways. And, um, it was the main positive of 2017 was that the, the public kind of came, went with Rafa um, and Rafa kind of appreciates it. That's why he's still here. You know, as you said, there, there's a lot of positive momentum now that's been that's been gained from those last four games. The fans are enjoying what they're seeing. The players are growing in confidence of each and every game. There's another crucial four-game period coming up now in the league. Obviously, it's not in such a condensed period. When you look at who they're playing, Swansea at home, Man City away, and you probably see that's a free hit. Burnley at home, which is very winnable. Crystal Palace away. Without getting carried away, that's a massive chance for Newcastle to build a gap and pull away from the relegation zone for the time being, isn't it? It is, but I think at the same time, as, as positive as the, as the last couple of weeks have been, as Mark said, I think it, it is going to be a season struggle where they're going to go yeah. all through. No team really, other than Everton and Leicester, who you always expected to pull away a bit, has been able to really get themselves up there. Even the likes of Watford are now being dragged into the, the Maya. They're only three points ahead of Newcastle, and we know how much better at St James's they were than Newcastle. For now, the, the attention has to turn to the home form. As you said, the Swansea coming up, there's Burnley at home. They're two games that really Newcastle need to be targeting minimum two points from, but you'd hope for more. And the home form they haven't won at home since October. The, the away form has dragged them through the Christmas period and got them up to where they are now. It's now about trying to find a way to break down teams who are going to come and sit and be difficult against them. You're not sure how Swansea are going to play because of Carvajal's just come in, but Burnley are, going to, are not going to give an inch. We know no. what Burnley are like when they come to St James. In theory, that's going to be a very difficult game for Newcastle in that regard because they don't really have the players currently in their squad. Yeah. Hopefully that changes across January who can break down a team like that. So it is a crucial period. and it, If they could come through that with a positive number of points, say, between six and, and eight, then you would say that they're almost dragging themselves away from the bottom few because you don't think the other team's going to do that. But it's going to be it's going to be tough and there's going to be... With the FA Cup game in the middle, it almost stops Newcastle's momentum yeah, to a certain extent because we expect plenty of changes this weekend. But in, hopefully the players can rest and be ready for Swansea and have some sort of a game plan to, to try and do the double over them because if they can, then that moves them on to 25 points and then the things are starting to look pretty rosy. Just mentioning that Luton game there, we expect a lot of changes. <clears throat> There's a few youngsters, you know, like last season, he sprung a surprise, he played the likes of Dan Barlaser, El Manny, Stuart Finley. Do you expect any young players to be given the chance this weekend? Yeah, I, I, th- I think he might. I think Freddie Woodman will play yeah. probably. Um, I think we were speaking earlier about potentially bringing back some of the loan lads. I think Gilead, obviously, his loan spell at City, Bradford, sorry, uh, ends <laughs> uh, ends this weekend. Could see him back and making his his uh, his kind of full debut. Would it be first full debut? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it would be. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's played for the first team, and he's played played really well for for Bradford, and I think probably will end up uh, will end up kind of going out again on loan either to City or to or to another team. I, I can't see any of the sort of first teamers who played. I can't see any of them really playing. It might be Save will be back in. Bamba um, maybe something like Bamba, yeah, yeah, will play. Mitrovic even if there's injury. Wow, imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Mitrovic getting a, getting a game. It wonders will never cease. Um, but yeah, you'll probably see the army. I think it'd be a very, very different team. It's going to be an interesting game because Luton are obviously bringing up seven thousand. It should any team that Newcastle put out should be able to beat Luton because they're fourth division. But I've been, I've had weekends before where 
Uh, Newcastle went to Stevenage and lost, and that was horrendous. I remember that was early in the party days. Chiodi was sent off. Chiodi sent off. Yeah, uh, Newcastle. Oh, but it was just awful. And Newcastle had a good team out that day, but they were they were dreadful. It's going to be tough, but I think he will be a much much changed team. I think Rafa in a future, if he stays and Newcastle kind of have bits in place, he will really want to go for the FA Cup. Uh, but he's not going to do it this year. Uh, he's not going to do it this year. It's going to be. It's very much stay up this year. Um, load of changes for the for the FA Cup. It's not a given that they're going to win this weekend. Um, they just got to avoid the draw and kind of yeah. That's the worst. He'd rather and I think everyone would rather. Yeah. Rafa would even rather the loss than Drew because you don't yeah. want that extra game to go to, mm-hmm. to Luton on a Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, whenever it is between games. It'll probably be between Manchester City and Burnley or whatever it would be, and you, you certainly don't want that because that would yeah. just be extra fixture congestion you don't need. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a a war, isn't it, on, on Saturday? You've just got a feeling it's going to be tough. <laughs> there might be a, mo- a few moments of uncertainty because this is Newcastle in, in knockout competitions in the last few years have been horrendous and I don't know Like I have a bit of a trepidation about that one because I just feel like Luke will be coming with a bit of momentum although did they get beat yesterday they, were, they didn't they, they didn't have quite as good a result yesterday but you know we know Luke can play they you know they have they've, they've had a very good season so far got two Lee kids as well haven't they got Rob Lee's yeah. sons um, 7,000 there you know wow that's 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 amazing, um, and I don't know. Like you're know, for Chris's sake, I hope they don't draw because I've been to Kenilworth Road before, <laughs> and uh, wow, that is like Kenilworth Road is one of the grounds one of my least favourite away days, and that's not just because um, it's you know it's a very old school ground and the, the facilities are really really old fashioned because it's a really intimidating place to go. I tell you, like I've been there a few times and. It's an old school football ground. There's a sense of menace about it on a night when the fans really go for it. And it's a bit like West Ham used to be at some points, but Luton is a ferocious place. I remember going when I was uh, as a fan to watch Bradford draw three all there and we got a like, last minute penalty. And uh, Luton fans kind of waiting outside the away end for Bradford fans and just kind of putting me hood down and getting away. Because it's just like, to, and they were so angry with the ref. They were basically, I think they were waiting for the ref just to have a go at it, I think. And um, yeah, but I mean, I tell you, like that is one, you know, they're, they're, they're a really loyal set of fans. It's a, it's a, Luton's a proper club, a proper club, you know. I, I, um, and they will, they will be bang up for it on Saturday. So if Newcastle think they're going to get an easy ride on Saturday, then they're, they're in for it. They're in for another thing. Um, I haven't seen Newcastle turned over three 0 at Oxford last year. I don't particularly yeah. fancy going to see mm. another. It's a tough there. game. It's a tough game. Um, but you think it, if they approach it right, you know, Barlaza will will play probably. He's a good player. Barlaza, any team that they put out should beat Luton. But you know, this is Newcastle and Cup competitions. As long as they stay up at the end of the season, I think it's been a successful season for Newcastle. Even if they go out of the third round. They've been out in the first round of the or second round of the League Cup as well. So there you go, some bonus trials and tribulations for a Bradford <laughs> City fan there. Um, just to end it there, we'll have quick predictions. I know it's hard, we don't know what kind of team they're going to put out, but Chris, do you think we'll, we'll win on Saturday? As long as you don't make me predict the team. Um, <laughs> yes, 2 0 Newcastle. Mark? 2 1 Gilead and Mitrovic. <laughs> <laughs> After Luton's score. 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll leave it there for today. Um, we'll be back. No, you haven't seen, you've not given your prediction yet. Come on, come on, Sean. Oh, 2 0. 2 0. 2 0. Look at that. Yeah, first home win since mid October. Confidence. Cool. Yeah, you know, I've not actually seen them win because I don't go, obviously, I don't go to all the away games. Um, I've not seen them win and I missed the Palace games. So I've not seen them win since Stoke at home in August. Yeah, so I think probably I need to. Uh, yeah, not, not, not go to, uh, not go to. to we'll be glad to hear Mark's going to the Darts this weekend. So, uh, <laughs> he, he won't be in the game, but we'll be back for Swansea. <laughs> oh, there yes. we go. But yeah, we'll leave it there for now for today. Um, we'll be back there in the week for a transfer special as the transfer window and the rumours start to really stack up for Newcastle. But thanks for joining us, and make sure you keep up Chronicle Live, and we'll be uh, bringing you all the latest on the takeover transfers and build up that Luton game for the rest of the week. Thanks again. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast, whether that be through iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through. And if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can do so via our social media channels. We're over on Twitter at Chronicle NUFC and on Facebook at the same handle, Chronicle NUFC. We want your questions, your topics, your feedback. So why don't you drop us a line and get in touch?